0: Great to see you today. My name's Eric. I'm the Community Life Pastor here. It is Connect Sunday. Are you excited about that? Okay. Yeah, at the nine it was crickets when I said that. They're like, whatever, just tell us what we're doing. Uh, So Connect Sundays are a special day in the life of of River West Church. We, we, We order our service a little bit different, so we uh, each week when we gather we we open God's word in fact, if you need a Bible, there's somebody who will walk down the aisle right now that has a Bible for you, so we always open god's word, we always sing, we give we uh, we learn together uh but but today we're going to shorten uh, our service uh so that we can uh, worship together by being a community and you're going to get the opportunity at the end of at the end of the service to to meet each other, kind of like what you just experienced for 90 seconds, we'll do that for about 25 minutes or so, and, and you'll get to meet new people, um, and also you get to learn about ways that you can connect here at our church, because we're really passionate about that. So, so that's the plan today. Uh, because of, of our time, I'm going to go right into our teaching time, which will be shorter today, just a couple hours, and uh, <laughs> just a few, and we're going to learn something from, from Jesus. I, uh, I want to build on last week's sermon that uh, Pastor Adam, our senior pastor, preached. We, we looked at this theme of being compelled by the love of Christ, even controlled by the love of Christ. It comes from the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And he calls this the ministry of Reconciliation. And the ministry of reconciliation is that each one of us who are in Christ have been reconciled to God through Jesus, and we are invited to extend that to each other and to a world that desperately needs it. God has reconciled us and given us the ministry of reconciliation. So what that means is that as a community, this community, we are a people who have received God's grace We've received God's forgiveness, God's favor, God's love, and we're called to give it away. We're called to hand it out through our lives together. That's that's the ministry that we've been called into. And Paul talks a lot about this in his letters. And so last last week we saw that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This week we're going to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. First Thessalonians is hard for you to find. Same here. <laughs> Where is it? It's in between Colossians and First and Second Timothy. And uh, this, what we what we see when we when we open the New Testament scriptures, a lot of the times what we see is we see uh, a church planter, someone like Paul or the Apostle John, and and they're writing letters to communities of Jesus that they've either started or that they have led and encouraged. And and we're getting insight into this sort of correspondence between these church fathers and and the church families that they love and and care for. And what we believe here at our church is that those those letters that that make up so much of our New Testament are, are uniquely written to a group of people, but also they're inspired by the Holy Spirit to such a degree that God, through those letters, speaks to us, shapes and forms us as a community. Are you with me? Okay, so we believe that here. And so when we open up the word, we believe that God has spoken and is continuing to speak. And so in these letters, there's, there's often a pattern. And the pattern will be that, um, for example, here, Paul will, will write to a church, in this instance, the church in Thessalonica, and he will remind them of the good news that he brought to them. He'll remind them of, of the person of Jesus and what he's done for them. And he'll tell them, don't forget the gospel. And then what he'll do in a letter is he'll, he'll talk to them about how they can live that out together in community and then how they can share that to a world in need. And so what we see in, in Paul's letters often is that we see the Christian community and our Christian witness overlap in powerful ways. That's the way that God actually does the ministry of reconciliation is to bring those two things together. So that's a little bit of a backdrop before we dive into 1 Thessalonians chapter two. Paul, is he's talking to this group of people and he's giving them reminders about who they are and and reminders about who they are to be together and where they're headed. So he says this in chapter two, verses five to eight. Not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. That last verse here, that verse eight, it sticks out, doesn't it? The language there—it's—it's—it's it's, it's different than language we often use. Being affectionately desirous of you, I used that language with my wife this week, and she was like, "Don't ever talk to me that way." I was like, "It's in the Bible." Like, it's in the Bible. Um, Paul uses this language to talk about his motivation. His motivation is someone who who brings the gospel into people's lives. His motivation is someone who's building community. And essentially what he's saying is, "My, my motivation was not flattery. I wasn't trying to impress you. He says, I wasn't motivated by greed. Like, I, he said, I'm not like a televangelist. I mean, he didn't say that, but I'm not like a televangelist. Like, give me some money and I'll give you Jesus. Paul is saying, essentially in this passage in verse eight, he is saying, we loved you so much. He said, we loved you so much as, as, we, as we shared the gospel with you. And as we built this community of faith together, our love for you grew to such a degree that we shared with you The gospel, can we put verse eight back up on the screen? We shared with you the gospel of God, which is, it's the good news of Jesus, the King, who offers life, who offers redemption and forgiveness and a new way to be human. He says, we offered you that message, but we also offered you our very lives. He says, we didn't just give you words, we gave you us. It wasn't just ideas about God. It was the truth of God lived out through our lives. And believe me, it's not a stretch to say that that is a pattern for us today. We shared the gospel and we shared with you our lives. The truth is, is the message of the gospel can never be disembodied. It comes to us through Jesus, a real person. And it's extended by Jesus through his people into the world. And that is the ministry he's called us into. So this, year, the, this year's Golden Globe winner for the best motion, motion picture was a movie called 1917. Have you seen it? Me neither. I haven't seen it. But I, like I have every intention to go to the movies but it never happens because I have three small kids, so it's like Pixar and trailers. So I've watched the trailer for 1917 50 times. I'm not exaggerating. I've watched it so many times. And it's a story about these two young British soldiers in World War I. And they are given an assignment, a mission, to, to bring this message that if this message is delivered, they have to bring it to another battalion of soldiers. If they bring this message to them in time, it will save hundreds, if not thousands of lives. And so the movie, I mean, just watch the trailer, but is, is, is their journey of running through battlefields and crawling through ditches, doing everything they possibly can to get the message to this group of, of soldiers who with, if they don't get it, they're not going to make it. And so this message is precious to them. One of, one of the soldiers bringing the message, his, his own brother is, is in the group that he's trying to save. And so the message is, it's timely, it's precious, it's, it's worth it. It's worth risking their lives for. And I've, I'm watching the trailer this week and I'm thinking, I, I think that's close to what Paul is saying Here. This message that they brought, it, it couldn't be it couldn't be sent in a telegram, it couldn't be just relayed over the phone. So these soldiers had to bring it with their very lives. And I think that's what Paul says to us. He says, the gospel comes through our lives. And it comes through a community of people, a Christian community that's learning how to love each other and to follow Jesus. I think what Paul is saying is that that's the way the message goes out. It's when a community loves each other well, when they support each other, when they care for each other, when they're completely committed to the message that they bring. There's a scholar named Ernest Best Ernest Best is the greatest name ever given to someone. I am convinced. I'd never heard of him until this week. He said this. He says, the true missionary, listen to this, the true missionary is not someone specialized in the delivery of the message, but someone whose whole being is communicated to his hearers. I love that. I think that's what Paul's trying to get at. He's saying it's, it's not just about bringing the message in, in an impersonal way of saying, like, here's some truths about God for you. What Paul is telling us is that truth goes out through real lives. The message of the gospel is portrayed through the messiness of our lives and even our lives together. Paul draws this church back into. He says, "I want you to remember this. This is how this is how it works. This is how this is how the ministry of reconciliation works. It's when we share the gospel together." And so, what I want to do in the rest of our time, before I, I'm i going to invite some friends up in a minute, um, but before before I do that, what I want to do is I want to give you what what I think is a, a practical way. I, I hope a helpful way to think about your life and our life together. When when Paul says we shared the gospel in our very lives, like what kind of life is he talking about? How do we practice that kind of life? And um, I've learned that over this last year, I I came across a book um, by Rosaria Butterfield called The Gospel Comes with a House Key, Practicing Radically Ordinary Hospitality in our post-Christian world, this book will mess you up. I'm not kidding. This will, like, ruin you. <laughs> and uh, I read a lot. I, 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 I have to read a lot because I'm a seminary student, so there's a lot of assigned reading. Some of it's about Christian community. Many times I finish a book, and I'm like, oh, cool, thanks. Uh, what's next? This book, I, I remember finishing it and thinking, oh, like, what if she's right? What if her message is, what if she's actually right? I, I'm going to have to do something about that. So, um, backstory about the book. Uh, Rosaria writes this book. It's the story of her being won over to Jesus and how that has radically changed her life. She describes herself as the least likely convert. In fact, right before she became a Christian, she was doing research for a writing project on how destructive and oppressive the Christian faith is. And it was in the midst of that Process that she would write these articles in a local paper just about how Christians are so judgmental, it's a cancer to our society. We gotta get rid of the Christians. She's like writing this uh, and, and putting it out there. And she received a, a letter from some from one of her readers, and it was a local pastor, and he wrote to her and said, I think you should come over to dinner at our house, which was not what she expected. Said I. It was so He didn't respond with like a rebuttal to her arguments. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't respond with a corrective to her worldview. He responded with an invitation. I, I, why don't you just come over to our house and we'll 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 eat some dinner together? And this intrigued her, and she agreed. She said. She said. I always read my mail. I, al- I always read even my hate mail. And and so she she read this letter and she's like. I, Maybe I should do this. And so over the next couple years, she became a guest in this pastor and his wife's home. And they shared meals together, and they shared their lives and their stories together, and and they shared the gospel with her. But not just the message of the gospel, they shared their actual real lives, their actual home, their actual table. They gathered around it together, and, and they said, this, this, is, this is actually what we believe is true about the Christian life because this is who Jesus is and who he is to us. And so over a period of time, she was won over by the good news of Jesus and the hospitality of the people who she thought were her enemies and, and it's out of that conversion that she, she wrote this book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key. And what she does, and, and I think this is really going to be helpful for us, in, in the book she, she gives a paradigm for how we can identify ourselves as Christians. And she uses the, the term guests and hosts. So I want to read to you for just a minute, just a moment, this, this morning what she says. She says, Sometimes I play the posture of host obeying God's commands, and sometimes I am in the role of guest, receiving nourishment and care. But we are always one or the other. We are either hosts or we are guests. The Christian life makes no room for independent agents, onlookers, renters. We who are washed in the blood of Christ are stakeholders. That's good. She goes on. She says, we must be willing to practice hospitality as both host and guest, and we must see how the principle of both giving and receiving builds a community and glorifies God. Again, there are no renters or onlookers or gawkers in the kingdom of God. We are hosts and guests together and both generous giving and open receiving. Bless God. Amen? I don't know. That'll preach. I love that. I, love, I remember reading that and thinking... I, I think she gets it. She gets what what Paul is saying here in in the passage when he says we have been we have been reconciled to God not on our own doing it's because of the work of Jesus we've been reconciled to God and we're invited to invite others into that. So Rosaria would say we're guests and we're hosts. We're guests at the table of God himself. We've been invited into his family and we have been called to extend the invitation, not just with words, but with our lives. So, where are you at right now? It's Connect Sunday. Maybe for you, the season that you're in right now is a season where you're, you're new to our church, and we want to welcome you as guests uh, guests who have a place here. We, we want to be a part of your journey and growing in Christ your journey in, in maturing in, in, in your relationship with Jesus, you're, you're invited here, you're welcomed here, every one of you. And some of you are in that season, but some of you are in a season where it's time to become a host. Are you with me? It's time, it's time to, to be a person who, yes, is always receiving, always receiving the grace of Jesus, but maybe extending that in practical ways. For Rosaria, in, in her book, she, she found that her home was the place where where they'd live out the gospel. So she would invite her neighbors in, some of them Christians, part of her Christian community. They were welcomed to to live and share life together. And then the the other neighbors, those who were not yet in Christ, were invited in as well to see what God was doing. You know, it reminds me of our our young adult community, which I'm a part of here at the church. I, I love this this growing community of young people that I get to share life with. They they really teach me these principles all the time because we're so we're a community of people that are learning and, and growing and maturity in Christ, and yet so often people show up who don't know anything about Jesus and maybe not, are not even that interested in Jesus, but they're interested in community and they're Experienced, they've experienced loneliness in their life. And they're like, I just, I just want to feel like I belong somewhere. So they're invited to come in to our community where we're learning to follow Jesus together. And being in that environment has such a profound effect on people's lives that we've, we've baptized people over the last year who, who came in saying, I, I'm not sure I'm, I'm into this, this God thing, but I'm, but I'm into the love that I'm experiencing in this community. And I think that's the way Christian witness and Christian community are supposed to overlap. We we share in the love of Christ together and, and the world is invited to become part of it. And so this morning what I want to do is I want to invite some friends up to uh, to talk. They're going to talk with us about how they've um, how they've grown here at, at River West Church as, as guests and hosts. And um, I'm going to invite Don and Lori Top, my friends. You could welcome them with very loud cheering if you wanted. Thank you. You're welcome, I think. <laughs> yes, it's good to have you guys here. Uh, one of the things that we do on Connect Sundays is we 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 open up the Word together, but we uh, we illustrate it through through real lives in our church. And so, um, so thank you guys for being being willing to sit up here and let me ask you questions about your personal life. And I'm kidding. It's going to be great. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to stick to the script. Okay, I want you guys to talk to us, because you guys are newer to our church, um, but tell us what it was like being a new person here at River West, what that experience was like for you, feeling like guests, and can you tell us about that?
1: So I guess it'll be close to three years, and we are walking down that little long sidewalk until you would come to the door, and you would have this friendly, hearty handshake with a smile, and... And you'd grab a coffee and come in, and then the worshipful music would start, and the gospel centered preaching was amazing. Um, the weekly communion um, all that felt like this is it, this is home for us um, And I mean I just have to admit I was that person that was regularly at that prayer corner um, benefiting from the prayers of many of the the people here in this church that um pray for you um yeah honestly it it all felt so right to us um and the only drawback was how huge it was and we did live in Wilsonville and we said we're going to go to church in our community but we couldn't find it in our community um, so we knew mm, i guess we have to get involved yes if we want to be a part of this church
0: that's awesome so Talk to, talk to us about the steps that you took, um, maybe some practical steps that you took to join in, in what God was doing here at the church, obviously on Sundays, but, but beyond that. What did it look like to, to step out and, and uh, become part of what's happening?
1: So, um, you know, Eric is very good at telling you to go to that Introducing River West class where you get free food, it's up. good fellowship. It's coming up. <laughs> it's all ready. true, it's all true. <laughs> So we are going to the class and um, putting on our name tags and um, typical us start chatting um, or maybe more me, I don't know. Anyhow, uh, so we ran into some people that were doing the same thing and so they started chatting with us and started talking that they've been at River West now for a year and how much they've enjoyed it and they're going to a community group and anyhow... They started telling us about some friends that they kind of missed um, when they moved over from California, and they said their names, and we said, "Are you kidding me? Those are our cousins, our dear friends." So, long story short, I won't bore you. Um, we became really close friends, and um, they invited us to their community group, and which had already been going on for a year. And we attended; we loved it. We felt immediate um, warmth, laughter, good food, good fellowship. I mean,
0: honestly, it was it was great. Uh. It's amazing. So you spent time in that community group for for a while, significant amount of time, just being being guests and being a part of the of the of the community. But talk to us about a, just the transition you've made over the last few months from from being guests in a community group to now hosting a community group, and and tell us too just how that that role of guest and host is is ongoing, even as people who are leading sure um
2: so yeah we were we were guests uh at uh, uh terry and karen peter's group thank you uh wonderful hosts we love them um but as you are prone to do uh you very often will guilt i mean encourage <laughs> us to it's you the same know, thing. I appear the same. or in person <laughs> to you know step out and um and fill some of the needed roles of leading and hosting groups. There's always more people wanting to be in a group than there are leaders to uh, to lead and host. And so we, uh, we found ourselves after a couple of years of sort of feeling like consumers here at church, feeling like it's time to get back into that. We had been very, very involved in our previous church and It was nice to take a break and sort of get used to this new environment. Uh, But yeah, it was sort of on our hearts to do more. And uh, so we just let you know that we would be open to it. We let Terry and Karen know that we loved the group, we didn't want to move, but if there were, if there was interest in the Wilson area, we'd uh, we'd be open to leading something. Um, And you took about a year to vet us, which I completely understand, I mean. (laughs) I don't you just can't it, trust anyway. anybody. Sure. So, <laughs> no. so, so it was this past summer. You mentioned to us again that, Hey, we do have, there's some people that have expressed interest in that area in the Sherwood Wilsonville Tualatin area. Are you still open? And we said, yeah, we've, we've got a home that could accommodate some people. And, uh, what do we do? And he said, well, just stand behind a plastic table on a connect Sunday <laughs> with some blank paper and see what mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. and, and so we did that, and the first sheet filled up, and then it rolled onto a second sheet. And uh, so there were a bunch of people that we contacted to say, hey, we're, we're going to start with a dinner at our home on this particular night. If you're interested in learning more about it, come and, come and join us. And we had about, uh, I think, 20 people on the list. I think 18 showed up, and I think 16 or 17 are still showing up. I mean, they actually came back after that first meeting. So... So yeah, the, the dual role. I still feel like uh, you know certainly that's that's sort of a host role, but in many ways we're still guests because every every meeting night someone says something profound or has a a particular prayer request, that's a praise or a request, and it's just touching. It's heart touching. And shoot, we've got we have fifteen new friends now that yeah. that we didn't have six months ago. They're people we love. We, we I mean when our son gets married they will get invitations to his, because we just we just love these new people people we didn't know just a few months ago
0: it's amazing you know so a couple of the themes we talked about challenges that that pastor Adam brought to us last week in in his sermon was um, was to do something for Christ that is costly this year and he also challenged us to cultivate intentional relationships and a lot of times those things overlap and so Obviously, being being a host of a community group is costly in some mm. ways, but would you just tell us a little bit more about why it is worth it and mm. what motivates you um, to, to build these relationships together, but also to um, build relationships outside of our church community with mm. the desire to, to share Christ with
2: people? Sure. Um, well, yeah, okay, so being a host is costly, but it's a little C, costly. Yeah. I mean... The, go- the central core of the gospel is, is cost. It's sacrifice. It's what Christ did on our behalf. And so in comparison to that, it's a pretty small C. Uh, even compared to what Rosario and Ken do in their home, that's amazing stuff that they do. And uh, we're a ways, well, I'm a ways from that. Um, you know, I may have a meth lab just down the road, but I'm a long ways from going to walk their pit bull for them. <laughs> Or invite them for lunch, right? Yes. I mean, that's what they did. Yeah. They actually did that. Uh, so you're right. It's a, it's a book that will wreck you if you take it seriously. But it will also draw you to doing good things. Um, so, yeah, it, there is some cost to it. I actually have to pay more attention on Sunday mornings because we discussed the sermon on Wednesday nights. And so it's really good to know a little bit about what you guys talk about. Um, is it ever hard to follow the preachers? or no, <laughs> Well it's it's audio tapes I can always go back. Um and then you you help make it easy by sending uh questions to help lead yeah. the discussion on Monday nights. It's really helpful. Um you do have to be a little prepared on Wednesday to have the house open and so, somewhat picked up. Um but the rewards are just incredible. Like I said, the the friendships we now have, the uh we there's never a a meeting that that where we finish and we uh, you know, the last one or two people that, yeah, yeah we have some lingerers. We love you, lingerers. Uh, but we, we we look at each other and say, aren't we just so glad we're doing this? It is such a blessing to just help connect people to this body and to our little body like mm-hmm. that. So I'm going to take a second and just challenge some of you out there who who have become comfortable in a group and have the means, uh, both the ability to lead and or a home to host, to to strongly consider uh, talking to Erica about being a host. It's, it's a challenge, yes, but it's such a rewarding challenge. So, uh, definitely. Thank you. Oh, you said something about intentional relationships with yeah. non-Christians? Yeah. Don't ask me. Uh, Lori's good at that. Can you talk <laughs> about that?
1: You know, honestly, I as a young um, I think I would even say maybe in my teens or younger, I just always felt this um, this strong spirit, um, the spirit working in me to feel the, the hurting one in the room. I, I haven't always felt like that it was a blessing, but a man came to talk to me after the last service and told me, that's the spirit nodding, uh, nudging you. Um, and I've been compelled many times to go talk to people in Target. <laughs> Um, In fact, I even had a Vietnamese gal here for a while that I met in Target, and I saw the need, and it hurt me. It hurt my soul. Um, And uh, now I don't know where she is, but um, like the man after the last group came up to me, and he said, you just keep praying. He said, I've had the the same thing happen. So I just want to challenge you. If you you feel the spirit prompting you to talk to somebody, even in Target or wherever you might be, um, do it. It's uncomfortable for a little while, but honestly, it's, it's probably the most rewarding thing that there is, is, is yeah. inviting some of those people into your home. It was very uncomfortable. We had it in our home a couple times, and we, yeah, and we invited her for lunch with some of our friends, um, but
0: the Lord knows, so. That's amazing. Hey, thank you guys for sharing with us today. Can we thank them? Yeah. I love hearing that. It's again, we, you know, pastors, we're always looking for illustrations, and how good is it to have people in our church body who are opening their lives, opening their homes to others so that the gospel can go out. And so, what we're gonna do today is we're gonna we're gonna make a bit of a transition here into what we call Connect Sunday. So, uh, what you'll find is there's two different spaces where where you can learn about what God's doing here at our church. And before I send you to those spaces, I, I, I want to, I guess I want to challenge you, especially if you feel well-connected here, to use this time, use these next 25 minutes or so to, to make a new connection with a person, to meet somebody new. I, uh, you may find that you, you meet someone and you say, oh, are you brand new here? And they're like, oh, I've been here a decade. That's actually the story of my life all the time. I'm like, you're brand new. And they're like, no, I'm not. So that's fine. It happens to all of us. But we we think that this time together is so valuable that, that even if you don't put your name on a sheet of paper, if you extend a hand to someone and, and get to know them and learn their name and a little bit about their story, we actually believe that's an act of worship in building community together. And so, so please just consider that. Now, now practically what um, what we do is we have opportunities for you. So if if you feel like, let's just use those categories we talked about earlier. If you feel like a guest here, if you feel new, I want to encourage you in some really specific ways. One, um, please consider going to Introducing River West, which Don and Lori mentioned. It's coming up in the next few weeks. There's a table uh, down the hall where you can sign up for that. It's it's a it's a class experience where you get to um, share a meal with other folks who are new and learn from. Uh, leaders here at the church about what God's doing here. So please consider introducing River West. Uh, another um, just super important opportunity that's coming up is the gospel class. We talk about the gospel a lot here. It's part of our vocabulary. We, we, um, we preach the gospel. We wanna live out the gospel. And so we have a class um, where you can learn about the gospel and how to live it out. And so that's coming up soon. It's it's taught by Christopher, one of our pastors and his team. It's, it's such a great way um, to take a next step for, for many of you of just understanding what do we mean when we talk about Jesus and the good news about him. So please consider that. We have a we have a class that'll be coming up soon called Christianity Explored. If you're new to, to like Jesus and you don't know what we're talking about at all, uh, Christianity Explored is, is a community especially for people who, who are not yet believers, to say, I, I, I need to know more about him. And so, so that class is available as well. Uh, there's also tons of ways just to connect with other people. Our Women's Bible Study is, uh, has just relaunched. Now is a great time to join the river, which is on Tuesdays in the morning and in the evening Great opportunity to connect there. There's men's groups that meet all throughout the week. We have some community groups that are launching out right now, and uh, and you can learn uh, about those and and meet the leaders from those. And also, as Don said, we are always recruiting and looking for more leaders. So please consider that as well. And uh, we, many of you, we just want to encourage you to step into the role of host in the sense that you would begin to lead here in significant ways. We're looking for leaders in our kids' ministry. We're looking for, for leaders in our student ministry, people that could come alongside the next generation of Jesus followers, encourage them, and, and, and teach the gospel to them. And so, so many opportunities, guests and hosts. We are always guests, always hosts. And, and in this season of your life right now, what might God be calling you into? It's not that you would do more things. We're not trying to make you more busy for Jesus. We're just simply inviting you to become a part of what God's doing here in our community because that is the way that the good news goes out. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much that you love us, that you've welcomed us into your family. And we are grateful to be a part of this growing community, learning uh, about who you are, learning how to love one another, learning how to live out our faith together. We, we are always in the posture of, of of growth. Lord, help us to grow. Help us to mature. As we look to Jesus together, we thank you, Lord, for this time and and we thank you that you're sending us out in in the name of your son. Amen.